Welcome to the FHE Podcast, hosted by Amy and Maddie. We are the Fruity Horny Exmos. Let me just check on the comp comp. Mr. Honky Tonk, but donk a donk. Man, baby, you have to talk too. Oh, sorry. I just was thinking, like, this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> what? <laughs> In a good way. It's not going to be a long episode. No, I know. It's just like one of those episodes where I'm we like keep get forgetting. Off track. Yeah, we like get off track <laughs> and we keep like forgetting what we're saying mid sentence and stuff like that. Well, we do like a drunk episode, <laughs> an inebriated episode, and that's what we're doing. Okay, don't say anything for until I say my joke. Are you saying it very first thing? Very first thing. Okay, I won't. Okay, ready? Thanks for the warning. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome. To sapphic mint meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with that. Oh my god, that was amazing. That that's, is what this is. Yeah, that's perfect. I didn't tell Amy I was going to say that joke. It was that was a authentic. That was authentic <laughs> laughter. A good old chuckle. Ew. Why chuckle? <laughs> Why ew? I don't know. Anyway, okay. Sapphic mint meeting, <laughs> aka today we're talking about um, testimonies. So testimony meeting. <laughs> your joke's not funny if you have to explain it but i still explained it i don't know why you did it was very funny i don't know i just think it's funny to explain your joke anyways but, but do you see how it defeats the purpose <laughs> yeah but that's why it's funny so it's not funny if you explain it but you think it's funnier if you explain it <laughs> okay anyway Any- <laughs> so we're talking about testimonies today and we are not sober, so... Do with that best, what you will. Best of luck. I did some research. I have some some fun stories from Reddit. Love a good Reddit um, story. And yeah, we're just going to talk about like some of the history and some other just like weird stuff and points and... We start over. <clears throat> so we're just going to talk about some of the history and just weird things about testimonies because... They're weird. Yeah, it so, is pretty weird, actually. So Yeah, it's basically just like open mic <laughs> once a month. Mormon edition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm excited to learn more about testimonies today. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Amy. <laughs> yeah, Maddie will be leading our discussion. I will. <laughs> okay, so first of all, the history of Fast and Testimony Meeting. So uh, at first, like in the 1830s, um, fast and testimony meetings were always on Thursdays. That's Don't, weird. I know. I'm not really sure why. Like, there's so there's... it was a separate meeting than separate yeah. meeting. Yeah, hmm. no one really knows why they picked Thursday. So Joseph Smith talked about the importance of fasting as a means of preparing oneself to approach Heavenly Father in prayer in times of special need. So basically, just like you need to practice like praying to the Lord. Yeah, kind of. Just like. Hmm fasting i don't know it's like it's kind of no, like the same rhetoric that we hear today just like yeah, true. it's like humbling yourself before god and like whatever but and that's like literally when you think about that that's just like a calligraphy pen that is saying until we make you feel bad about it yep like when you really think about it like you need to humble yourself before the lord yikes 
already just very oxymoron. <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. Yikes. Oh, I, I get it. <laughs> anyway, but it still took a while for like a regular fast and testimony meeting to emerge. Yeah. And another like another piece of history where this came from was um while Joseph and Hiram were in Liberty Jail, their father called a prayer and fast meeting that began at sunrise and continued until late afternoon. So again, like in times of need. Yeah. Like the fast meeting. The prayer and fasting. When Brigham Young was the prophet, um, he would always like remind everyone like, hey guys, um, fast day, aka the first Thursday of the month, was a fast day in Kirtland. And mm-hmm. he was like, all that was to be eaten that day, like a flour, meat, butter, fruit, anything else, was to be carried to the fast meeting and put into the hands of a person selected for the purpose of taking care of it and distributing it among the poor. Why don't I like... Weird. I know. So it's kind of like tithing. Or what's that? The law of consecration? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a whole other thing that we won't talk about today, but we could talk about it another time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, why don't I believe that it actually was distributed to the poor? Yeah, I was going to say, like, all of these events just um, miraculously take place when the church, like, specifically needed that when you really get down to it. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. So yeah, it's like, or they could just be skimming off the top, just taking it for themselves. Who's to say? Exactly. But then towards the end of the century, it just got harder and harder for people to make it to Thursday meetings, just like people who are working. Yeah. Because they would like, they had no paid leave and then they had to come home. They had to bathe. They had to change their clothes. So in 1896, Hiram M. Smith, who was a missionary in England, he asked if Sunday would be a more appropriate day. So the first president presidency. Fuck f- that guy. I know. The first presidency and Quorum of the Twelve prayerfully discussed the question and felt guided to change fast meeting to the first Sunday of each month. I love that. Convenient. Convenient. After someone's like, hey, could we maybe like move it to Sunday? And they're, they're like, like oh, uh, yeah. you're right. I'm feeling guided towards yeah, doing this. God said, sure. You're right. <laughs> so then in announcing the change, uh, President Wilfred Woodruff and his counselors said they recognized the need to make the meeting more accessible to all members throughout the world. So the change became effective on December 6th, 1896. Happy so birthday. it's been... <laughs> <laughs> to... Don't okay. ask that question. Oh my God. <laughs> so then activities that had become part of the fast meeting continued, like taking the sacrament... Bearing testimonies, blessing children, confirming new members, and relieving the needs of the poor and ill. Um, But then another change took place in the 1890s in Utah. And this was a transition from a barter economy to a cash economy. So as the saints began to pay their tithes and offerings mostly in cash, the deacons were assigned to call monthly on the homes to collect the fast offerings. So members were, they didn't have to bring their offerings to the meeting anymore like they used to. And that's weird. It's two separate things, fasting and then the testimony thing. And right, I just, but it's funny because I never fully understood the difference between a fast and testimony meeting. Like, weird that they call it that. Because I always associate it with each other. Like, it's, like, weird to hear it without the other one. Oh, yeah. Like, like they, like, feel, like, so interlinked because of that. Yeah. Um, And so I don't yeah. remember why I brought that point up. I mean, it's it's just weird that they're, like, grouped together. Yeah. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. when they're kind of separate. Anyway, um, <laughs> so then the first presidency and other local church leaders, they started to call other fasts as needed. So, like, for example, the church would call special days of fasting and prayer to raise funds to complete the temple, the Salt Lake Temple. In 1889, the, it was the 84th anniversary of the Prophet Joseph Smith's birth. And so they did, like, a special fast for that, I guess. Um, and the prayer was aimed at softening opposition toward the church on Joseph Smith's birthday, dead. Huh, okay. That's so funny. Yeah. Anyway, and then in 1899, President Lorenzo Snow um, in the Salt Lake Temple, he introduced a new emphasis on tithing during a special fast meeting and solemn assembly of the priests dead. So that's where the tithing part came in, I guess. And that is also kind of a separate thing that we're not really going to get into, but... It's weird. Anyway, yeah, we're just mostly focusing on testimonies, but this is just kind of the the background. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, like the church uses fasts to support humanitarian efforts, aka themselves. <laughs> yeah, like oh, we're praying for funds for the temple, and then like all the members are like, God will bless us if we donate <laughs> some money. It's just like reverse psychology. <laughs> It is. Yeah. It's just like all the same money flowing around. Yeah. Mostly so. in the direction of the church. Yeah. It's like you're paying to be a member. It basically is. Mm-hmm. Because you can't go to the temple without paying your tithing. Yeah. Anyway. Wild. So, anyway. yeah, that's just like quick little um, history of that. Just decide which one I want to do next. Yeah, you're so. good. While you're looking at that. Isn't it interesting that if you were reading a book and you read uh, the character name, you read the name of a character and it said Lorenzo Snow, <laughs> you'd be like, that's a dope ass name. <laughs> or or like Wilford Woodruff. Like, it's just like hearing the names separately from the church. I'm I like, know those are dope names. Yeah. Wilford Woodruff. Like, okay, get snatched, bitch. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> anyway, just a little extra thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, anyway, <laughs> moving on to specifically like the testimony part. Okay. So obviously bearing your testimony is important and it's like a really big part of the church because having a testimony is how you like prove like basically reaffirm their- that, that you're a good member. Yeah, that you're you committed. Believe it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so I wanted to bring up a few, like, weird things. So first, this article, it's called Trusting in Joseph, Why Mormonism Depends on Testimony of One Man. And so this article, it kind of talks about how it's funny that the entirety of the Mormon church is based on something that only one person, quote unquote, saw when usually, like, at least in the Bible, there's like multiple witnesses right, right. to things, you know. So it's just interesting that the entire church is based on this. Yeah, that is interesting to like really put into perspective because yeah, it's like one it's like one person you know saying that they saw an alien and everyone's <laughs> like, you know what? Our neighbor Jeff is right. <laughs> like, and I'm gonna believe it wholeheartedly. Um, even though I haven't witnessed it, I believe him so much. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's like you said, it's not the, that's not how the Bible is. So no. yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah and pyramid scheme. I know. And yeah, this sentence like just kind of blew my mind because it's like Mormonism claims that a family of Jews emigrated to the American hemisphere, became a numerous people, and left behind scriptures on metal plates. Like that's you know that's pretty much it. And yeah, just like seeing that is so weird. But then like. An angel temporarily gave these scriptures to Joseph Smith, who had already seen God and Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then he translated the scriptures and um, other lost scriptures that he got. <laughs> and also lost. <laughs> yeah. And then but. and then the angel took it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Convenient. So it's like so it's like the type of evidence or support on which Mormonism depends to give these claims credibility is eyewitness testimony. Yeah. But there's only one. One, and that's Joseph Smith. But then, like, because that's what's funny, yeah, because it's the first vision, it's just Joseph. And, like, what do fucking missionaries <laughs> say in every goddamn investigator meeting? I saw a light. A pillar of light directly above my head. Blah, blah, blah. They say the whole thing. Yeah, but so even that, there's, bl- like, like, multiple accounts that right. contradict each other. Yeah, and but then, like, after that became like honestly the cornerstone of mormonism then suddenly other people were witnessing these things too like yeah i feel like again it would have been much more believable to you know say like oh all of us saw this thing instead of just me and then just like seeing how many more witnesses there were yeah and then they like that was like their fucking title (laughs) i know like, that's weird. I know. It's it's so funny. One of the last paragraphs in this article says, Finally, Mormons may argue that they have received an independent witness, especially to the truth of the Book of Mormon, a.k.a. Moroni's promise, which we will talk about, in the form of an experience of the Holy Ghost, what Mormons often simply call my testimony. And so, yeah, we'll talk about just like the circle, like the cycle yeah. of this where you're just like convincing yourself that it's true because you feel good because you know you you know you're supposed to feel mm-hmm. good you know yeah it's literally conditioning yeah they're conditioning you to believe that this emotion that you're evoking because of a trigger is your testimony yeah and it's also interesting because Jesus never suggested that people should like pray to know if he was telling the truth. And this article also says that Paul never suggested that anyone pray to know if he was an apostle. Instead, they were like, here's the evidence, including the testimonies of people who actually saw and touched yeah. Jesus or whatever. Not that I I don't know what's real. But there are multiple accounts of that, you know? Right. It's not like, like Joseph, all of the quote unquote proof that apparently there was allegedly <laughs> there was um suddenly disappeared every time yeah like interesting there's a big distinction and they're like they're so sacred that no one can see them they're so sacred that they disappeared but we no one saw them, them because god took them off of the earth after yeah you know after he took whatever it's just know. like like I don't know how a scientist could be religious. Oh, me either. Or like, a historian. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. It's wild when you like really, again, truly strip it bare, like all the way down to really boiling it down to what it is. Okay. So the next point I wanted to talk about um, is just how like the gospel in general 
Like bearing your testimony is the way that it's shared. Sometimes it's like in church meetings. Sometimes it's like, you know, with your friends or like at girls camp and just like weird shit like that. And then people are like inspired by, quote unquote, the spirit. And like, anyway, it's just all insane (laughs) that it's all just like still, I don't know. I mean, basically all (laughs) like bearing your testimony is, is just like a big game of telephone. Yeah. You know, like, you're just regurgitating the same bullshit. Yeah, basically. And then everyone's like, must be true. Everyone's out here on the streets talking about it. (laughs) Everyone's out on the streets talking about it. Baby, baby, didn't we (laughs) take it to the street? Baby, baby, we're gonna hit up that street tonight. And baptize them. <laughs> Are you keeping that in? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like all ah, I feel like a stuffed animal, and all my stuffing's on the right side. <laughs> so I'm like, so I'm like tipping over. Don't fall over. I'm trying. It's hard. Okay. Anyway, focus. Sorry, Amy. I'm trying. So another way that you can bear your testimony is through your example. Oh. I have a story from, let's see, was James, James E. Faust, was he the prophet or just an apostle? I think he was just an apostle, right? I think he was just an apostle, yeah. I think okay. he might have been in the first presidency. Okay, yeah, I something. think you're right. I remember when he died. I don't. I was sick one day and I was watching Anne of Green Gables on TV mm-hmm. and yeah, they kept like showing his picture and being like. He died, and here's a picture of him. Like breaking news, he died? Not like breaking news, but it was probably on like BYU TV or something Is that that. what you were watching Anne of Green Gables on? I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this is a story from him. (laughs) So he said, I noted that we also bear our testimonies by our lives. In World War II, I was stationed at an army camp in Pennsylvania. We lived in a little ward in which our stake patriarch also lived. His name was William... Uh, whatever. He worked... Uh, this other guy <laughs> worked in a machine shop in Pennsylvania. Everyone called him Pappy. He was kindly, gentle, wonderful... Pappy? <laughs> what the fuck? Where are we going? I don't know. Pappy? <laughs> Um, anyway and he was an exemplary member of the church all who met him honored and and admired him one time a non-member with whom he worked said something like this i don't know much about the mormon church i have never met with the missionaries and i have never studied the doctrine i have never been to one of their services but i know pappy and if the church produces men like pappy it has to have good in it that sounded like a 30 second advertisement if Pappy says it's good enough for him, it's good, good enough, enough for me. me. <laughs> but yeah, it says, we never know the power of our own example for either good or bad. And that reminds me of the story um, with Thomas S. Monson, where he was like, I think he was in the army or something. And um, they wanted them to work on Sunday or something. And he was like, no, I won't. But he was the only one who was brave enough to like stand up and like say no so then everyone else was like hey thanks for doing that and he's like wouldn't you rather be the person who (laughs) stood up for what he believed in exactly so testimony by example um another weird testimony thing is a thankimony where um 
I think Amoni. Don't don't say that word like I know what it means, you bitch. When I when I explain a thankamony? Yes. When You're I explain me. it. Pappy? Oh my god. I didn't write this. Okay? I know, it's just so fucking weird. I'm sorry. Continue. It's okay. Anyway, so a thankamony is when like you're thankful for all of these things rather than bearing your testimony like of the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like that's a thankamony. Like it's intent like they're intentional about it or it's, it's just like a I don't, thing that happens. Yeah, I don't think they're intentional about it. Okay. Um but yeah, so or just like I'm so grateful that I was able to experience this hardship. Yeah, like, basically. That's basically because it brought me closer to God. Yeah. But Instead a testimony saying, isn't necessarily that. It's yeah. like, these are all the things I believe. Right. So, yeah, this is what M. Russell Ballard said about thankimonies. My experience throughout the church leads me to worry that too many of our members' testimonies linger on, I am thankful and I love, and too few are able to say with humble but sincere clarity, I know. As a result, our meetings sometimes lack the testimony-rich spiritual underpinnings that stir the soul and have meaningful positive impact on the lives of all those who hear them. Throwing up. God. It, like, <laughs> I would rather someone say, I love or, like, thank you than being <laughs> like, you know what? I fucking knew it. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, just the concept of, like, what they're describing, what their purpose is for, like, you know, not doing the grateful, yeah, like part. Um, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I feel like logically, mm -hmm. I would rather have thank you or love versus. I believe. I well, it's not even I believe. It's I know and like I testify. So it's like with a surety, without a shadow of a doubt. You know how God. people say that. Yeah, gross. Shadow of a sh shadow of a doubt. Band name. True. Yeah. It's dope. No doubt of that shadow, bitch. <laughs> no doubt of that shadow. No doubt of that shadow, bitch. No doubt about shadow. <laughs> oh my god. I can't believe this is really happening. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to the next um the next article. So this one talks about Luke 24:32. Which says, <laughs> <laughs> they said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? So Mormon missionaries always say, like, the Book of Mormon is true, and you can know it by also praying. And you, you know, the burning in the bosom mm -hmm. shit, which apparently is a testimony of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> this stop, article stop talking about my bosoms. <laughs> I literally, that's the only time I've said bosom in this. I mean towards them. Oh, I was like, I've you. literally never said that. <laughs> no, them. You're Stop right. talking about my bosom. I was lady. always like, that's weird. Like burning in my bosom. Burning in my bosom, also a bad name. True. Burning bosom. Or bosom burning. Bosom. <laughs> burning that bosom. Okay. Anyways, this article is savage because it's like, this experience is said to transcend all logical, rational, or biblical evidence and allow one to know that the Book of Mormon is true on the basis of what is supposedly the direct testimony of God himself. <laughs> it's savage. That That's is why I savage. This one. As you should. Yeah. For Mormons, 
having that burning in the bosom is just the spirit confirming the truth. So, you know, if I thought up of a theologically driven pyramid scheme um, (laughs) and I was like, everyone's going to believe me and I'm going to make a lot of money and fuck people. (laughs) I would also have a feeling in my heart akin (laughs) to a burning. Akin to a burning. (laughs) But I'm just saying like, what could that, what does that mean? Explain the burning bosoms. Bosom, I don't know. Okay, anyway, this is a different section of the same article, but this one talks about Galatians 5, the fruit of the spirit and the Mormon testimony. Fruit. So it says, for most Mormons, if you ask them, <laughs> oh my God. I was like, nothing? Fruit. Fruity, I was focused on reading. I know. I'm sorry. Can, please continue. Okay. For most Mormons, if you ask them why they believe what they believe, they will happily bear their testimony. This will come down to the idea that they know that the Mormon church is the correct church, that Joseph Smith is a prophet, and that the Book of Mormon is true, based on an inner experience that they received after praying about the truthfulness of these things. When you press them on how they know that this inner experience was not merely a product of their own emotions or even a deceitful spirit leading them astray, they will typically point to passages in the Book of Mormon. Some will also use the Bible. So one of the most common ones is Galatians 5, which is, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, (laughs) self-control. Against such things there is no law. So they'll say... Oh, these are the th- the feelings that the the Holy Ghost uses to talk to us. So when we feel them, um, it's not deceitful. Yeah. So anytime I have these very real, valid emotions, yeah, it mean it always equals this. Yeah. That's like, yeah, just like so many thinking errors. God mm-hmm. and. All the of mental these, gymnastics. I know. They get a fucking gold at the Olympics, bitch. True. Also, mental gymnastics band name. I know. It's also very good. Yeah. Also, God. fruit of the spirit band fruit name. Of the- <laughs> yeah. That spirit fruity, y'all. <laughs> what? <laughs> I want to erase. <laughs> okay. Anyway, and I'm not going to go into like more of the context of the scriptures that this article talks about, but basically, Mormons are taking everything out of context. So... That checks out. I mean, the entire Book of Mormon was just taken out of context. <laughs> Honestly, you're right. So now we're going to talk about Moroni 10.4, which is the, the promise. Oh, Moroni's okay, yeah, yeah. promise. So as a review, <laughs> this is what it says. And when ye shall receive these things, I would exhort you that ye would ask God, the Eternal Father, in the <laughs> name of Christ. <laughs> this reaction. I know it's weird to hear. <laughs> it's weird to hear you read shit like this too. I'm like, ew! I don't want to hear that coming out of your mouth. <laughs> it's not great. It's triggering. It is anyway. The Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if these things are not true, and if he shall ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, ye may know the truth of all things. So that's Moroni 10.4, Moroni's promise. Right, right, right. So, um... Again, this article says, while there are many objective reasons to reject the Book of Mormon... And Joseph Smith's claims to prophethood, most Mormons would argue that they have a testimony directly from the Holy Spirit of God that supersedes any appeal to logic, reason, historical evidence, or even scripture. And so when you like, you know, 
again, you press them about this, they're like, oh, well, I had an inner emotional experience that affirmed to me that it's true. (laughs) Yeah. I'm having an existential crisis about how absurd it is to think about the fact that we did this shit. I know. Like, it's so weird. Yeah. It's and insane. Just, like, just doing it and talking about it all the time. Yep. And consumes your life so you can never forget it. Mm-hmm. Whew. Yeah. It's weird. I know. It's it's really weird. Lots of people pray about the Book of Mormon. They don't get that feeling that supposedly you're supposed to to have. So then it's like, oh, well, you know, you didn't have a sincere enough heart. Yeah. Or like... It couldn't be that it's not true mm-hmm. or, you know, that it's nothing. Yeah. It's or like you're not you're righteous enough. Yeah. yeah. I, like I'm legitimately having a crisis to think about the fact that we just believed that anytime we had a thought or feeling, it's like, oh, I'm only having this because of God. Like that's kind of what it boils down to, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I agree. And I remember like... Um, like of course I like felt the spirit or whatever but that's because it was curated Mm -hmm. so that I would feel those feelings because I was brought up to believe that that was good well and just associating the feeling you're having Mm -hmm. to a good one like for example I was just thinking about like one of my youth conferences Mm mm-hmm where we reenacted parts of the Book of Mormon and we were all broken up into tribes. There was one reenactment where we like were blindfolded and then we had to like hold everyone's hands in our tribe and our tribe leaders like led us around the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And then we like all were like sat down and then it was the reenactment of when um, Jesus comes to the Americas or whatever, to the Nephites, I think, whatever, after he died. And then yeah. was resurrected or whatever. Of course I'm going to feel something, you know, in that moment. Because, like, they had taken away our one of our senses. We couldn't see. Yeah. And then it was, like, you know, like, music. And then yeah. we were all sitting in front of this hill. And then... Yeah, they're just, like, eliciting all these, rea- like, emotional responses. Yeah, and then, like, oh, there's a man dressed like Jesus walking down. And I was... I used to like brag about this. I was like the third person he came and like he touched my hand. So <laughs> I'm dead. I know. Shut the fuck up. Oh my I god. Hate myself. Oh my god. He touched this. Oh my hand. god. <laughs> I was number three. <laughs> dead. Also, other answers that the Mormons have for you is like, oh, everyone feels the spirit differently. So if you don't feel it this way, like maybe you feel the spirit this way. They, there's an answer for everything, but also yeah. there's not at the same time. Right. It's just, it's a it's a vague feeling that can be applied to anything that they're like, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. It's insane. But, and I was, I think I was talking about like the circle, like the cycle yeah. of this mm-hmm. earlier. Like, why should you believe the Book of Mormon? Because the spirit gave me a feeling. How do you know the feeling was the Holy Spirit? Because the Book of Mormon told me it would be. But why do you believe the Book of Mormon? Because the Holy, you know, it's just yeah. like. It just keeps going and like everything confirms itself. It's confirmation bias at its finest, bitches. (laughs) Oh my God. So many things just happened in my head. Like what? Like emotional responses. It's pretty mind blowing when you think about it. Yeah, it really is. 
Um, yeah, who said that this would be how I feel? And that's what this means. The Book of Mormon. Exactly. Like, but I, and yeah. so I believe the Book of Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> what? But like, why do you believe it? It's, yeah, and like, I have a testimony of the Book of Mormon because, like, this is what, like, your inner dialogue, you know? It's yeah. like, like, you know, you're supposed to believe it. So you convince yourself that you do. Right. Even though it makes literal no sense. It's, it really does. <laughs> like logic. That's it, bitch. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, moving on to our next article. This is from a website called The Beggar's Bread. <laughs> Yikes. And the this is called Deconstructing Mormon Testimony Bearing. So they have a few different points that testimonies like include. So first being... That the Mormon testimony is a trump card that overrides logic, reason, even physical evidence. Yep. The Mormon testimony acts as a metaphysical panic room that the Latter-day Saint can retreat to should anything get in that unsettles them or causes cognitive dissonance. Whoa. So they're like, oh, like I have my testimony. So this other I'll thing, fine. this other thing that I have physical evidence for and like makes me uncomfortable because I was told that it's wrong. Like, it's, it's going to be fine, you know? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, so... I liked that description. Yeah, I do, too. I never thought of it like like a panic room. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. Because, yeah, like, testimonies are huge in the church, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the Mormon testimony acts as the active agent in converting others to the Mormon religion. Yeah. So, again, like, bearing your testimony... Like, that's that's basically what missionaries are doing. They're just bearing their testimonies to everyone. And so then, you know, it's like spiritual. It's intimate. So then people are like, oh, this is good. And so it's a scam. <laughs> it is. And I've never really thought about, like, I, I don't know why, because as you're describing what it like that a testimony is so important, I feel like my brain never, like, recognized it for that. Like, in the church, it was, like, just one of the things we did. I... Personally, I never thought of it of like, wow, it's so important. Yeah. And, um, you know, I guess that just, I think I was just a bad member. <laughs> Duh. So, because you I were never... relying on other people's testimonies instead of building your own. I mean, my trauma response was to blend in with the crowd. Yeah. So, might as well. Yeah. You know, but. Yeah. I mean, I also, I think, and I like felt bad about this, but I was like, I am like, relying on other people's testimonies yeah which is the whole the whole church is that yeah which is what's the funny. testimony of one person who was a con man who was a piece of shit <laughs> yeah anyway and also i forgot to mention this earlier but um it's interesting that in moroni 10 4 it says that you would ask god if these things are not true so it's like are these things not true and it's like yes these things are not true you know, instead of saying if these things are true, it says not right. true, which is weird. So obviously this is a podcast, so I can't show everyone this picture. Maybe we can use it for the Instagram okay. post. But it's just like a cycle where it's like um, it starts with read, ponder and pray. And then it goes to feel good inside. Yes, the church is true. But if you don't feel good inside, it's like try again. Um, <laughs> like a magic it, eight ball. Yeah, it just like keeps going around. But then there is a box that says the church is false, but there's not a line that goes there. Yeah, because no, you just have you have just have to try harder. Right. You know. Wow. Which is 
insane. Anyway, yeah. Um, and it also has this chart where, I mean, this is just like in general, but a typical Mormon testimony is mostly just based on the church and not God and Jesus. Um, so like sixty percent is based on the church, forty percent is based on God and Jesus. So like, Joseph Smith is a prophet. The LDS Church is true. Our current prophet is great. But then it's like, they don't really talk about the importance of God and Jesus, even though I don't think it's important. Well, But it's just interesting that they yeah. mostly focus on the church. Well, and what's funny is now, like, there's currently that whole thing with the BYU, like, devotional or whatever, that one of the apostles came, mm-hmm. or some general authority, some yeah, person someone. came and talked to BYU and was like, you shouldn't keep saying thanks to the church or that you believe in the church. You should just basically re- replace the church with the savior. It's 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 like their <laughs> their press campaign didn't go well, so now they're printing a retraction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he was saying like if people are unhappy, they're like, "Oh, like I'm unhappy with this thing that the church did." And he's like, "Try replacing it with savior. I'm unhappy with what the savior did." Yeah, how does, you know, how does that change it? So I'm sure some people were like, oh my God, you're right. Probably. <laughs> of course there was. Yeah. Anyway, uh, okay, I have a quote from Delaney Jokes. He says, another way to seek a testimony seems astonishing when compared with the methods of obtaining other knowledge. We gain or strengthen a testimony by bearing it. So that's the whole thing where like, the more you bear your testimony, the like the bigger testimony or like stronger testimony that you'll have. Yeah. Which is, which it's really just like working out a muscle. Yeah. But That's just the natural result of like continuously saying that. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about, um, kids bearing their testimonies Ugh. because it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, you know, you're, you're sitting, in sacrament meeting and you know everyone's going up and of course you're a kid you're like oh i want to be like you know the big kids i want to be like yeah. whatever so you're like hey mom like i want to bear my testimony too and she's like okay but you don't know what to say so she comes up with you and she tells you everything to say in your ear and yep. it's super cute but also creepy yeah when you think about it and no really <laughs> and then eventually like you just go up and just say the exact same things that your mom just told you as so many times as like a young kid and now Mm -hmm. it's just literally conditioned programmed into you Mm -hmm. to say those things yeah and that was really all i had to say about that but it is just like gross to me to like do that kind of stuff and with like people with disabilities too yeah anyway so that was really all i had to share it was kind of all over the place kind of about testimonies Kind of about the Book of Mormon, but now we can read some fun stories from Reddit. Okay, here is one. We had a guy walk in off the street. We'd never seen him before. He gets up and starts talking about his dead wife and his dead daughter, which was sad. But then he starts talking about how he's communicating with his dead wife and come to find out his daughter was never born and he's communicating with her too. The stake president was there that day. I was conducting, so... I I and the bishop kept looking to the stake president to see if he wanted us to do anything. Lo and behold, he had the biggest grin on his face and was enjoying every second. So we just let him get it all out. That's that's weird. I know. Okay. Thanks. Um. Okay. 
Next one. Um, there was this dude that used to pound the pulpit and shout like a Baptist preacher. He was asked not to testify in a few different wards due to his strange ideas. So he would travel around the stake on fast Sunday and scream at new people who hadn't heard him. Damn. I know. That's, that's honestly, I admire the hustle. Yeah. Me like, too. Yeah. Me too. Do your thing, bitch. <laughs> One guy we hadn't seen in years started with the normal stuff. You know, I know the church is true, etc. Everyone's starting to tear up over this man's obvious transformation when he says, and you will know I'm the prophet sent from God. No one really knew what to do or how to react, but he was asked to sit down within a few seconds. There was another older gentleman in the ward that got up most months and bore his testimony of the number 23. Apparently, everything significant in his life had something to do with that number. Oh, my so, God. When he was investigating the church and found out that Joseph Smith's birthday was on December 23rd, he decided it was a sign and he got baptized. Oh, my God. That sounds like my mom. <laughs> I know. She's always like the number 11. And it, like <laughs> it's like my dad. Yeah. Um, Which I don't know. It's weird to think about people believing that. I know. But all of this is weird. It's crazy. A middle-aged lady stands up to talk about her recent medical problems, goes into huge details, down to the meds that she was taking. The ward mission leader broke into her house that day to steal her pills and got arrested. His wife and kids moved in with her family out of the ward, so problem solved. Once you move to a new ward, it's their job to care about you, right? Damn. Yeah. An elderly black lady saying her testimony. I loved her. The only time I enjoyed sacrament meeting. These aren't really horror stories. They're just like weird ones. It's just it's just like testimony commentary. But that's something I always wanted. I was like, yeah, I wish we could do more. I don't know. Actual praising. Because I feel like it's truly not about praising the Lord. It's praising the prophet, praising the church. Yeah. So exactly. I wish we were more gospel oriented like that. Yeah. I want a fucking gospel bop, you know what I mean? Hell yeah. Just like get freaky with the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Get freaky with the Lord? Why not? Let's get freaky with the Lord. That's so fucking funny. Let's get freaky with the Lord. Let's get freaky with the Lord. We'll just do a few more. (laughs) Oh my God. Yep. Okay, um, this really old dude who used to make his grandkids change his colostomy bags and told the youth the same story every week about getting drunk and passing the sacrament when he was young somehow got remarried when his wife died. He got up on the podium right after his honeymoon and started bragging about having two wives in heaven now, that he was like the prophet Joseph. He kept going on and on about how he knew LDS Planet, the dating site. Oh from yeah, God. yeah. My my mom used that Duh. when she tried to kind of dabble oh in gosh. it a little. It was LDS Planet. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. So this guy was saying that that dating site was from God, and we could all find our second wives there. Oh my God. The bishop had to get up and say the site wasn't church sponsored, and made him sit down. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. There was a lady in our ward growing up that was constantly trying to get all of us in trouble. I remember being interrogated more than once in our primary years for stealing grapes from her vines. Not me particularly, but the entire primary in between songs and sharing time. Thank you, children. That last song was beautiful, even though I know some of you are following Satan by by stealing my grapes. <laughs> Needless to say. Damn, she- <laughs> pop off. I know. 
Needless to say, she made herself a target for our, <laughs> our evil little minds from that day on. Fast forward, I know. Fast forward to just before we left on our missions, home from school for the weekend with a with a bunch of new college friends from all around the country. Testimony meeting, sparks flew. Rumors had been going around about her husband having an affair. She walks up to the pulpit, says she knows everyone is talking about it and goes, "If anyone further discusses this, may the curse of Satan be upon your heads." Damn. I know. Listen, that sounds, that's like really witchy. I know. Like, Satan. I know, the curse of Satan. Will lay a curse upon your head. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Okay, let's do like two more. Yeah, sure. Okay. My mom was the manager of a local gas station and I worked there after school cleaning bathrooms and stocking the soda cooler. There was a couple in my ward that were in and out of activity every few years. One day during their inactivity time, shortly before coming back into activity, they came to the store my mom managed and bought some cigarettes. She didn't say anything about it to them, though she may have given them a weird look. I wasn't watching that closely. She told them to have a nice day and they walked out. A few months later, they got up during fast and testimony meeting and started talking about not judging those that are inactive but then proceeded to call out my mom by name. Like, sister so-and-so was so mean to us that one day we bought cigarettes at her store. She said so many judgmental things right to our face. That was the first and only time we went to that store and we'll never go back because of her. Don't get me wrong. My mom can throw around Mormon mom guilt with the best of them, but we were just in awe at the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. On my mission, this lady in her 40s talked about the importance of family and how God creates space in our hearts for children. It was all very sweet until she mentioned her kids were, quote unquote, adopted. I'm thinking, okay, I think, you know, she's trying to be sweet. She talks about how the Lord helped them find these children and he helped them get back across the border undetected. She basically admitted to kidnapping children, smuggling them into America and saying God had a plan all along. Even Hmm. as a true believing Mormon, I knew God wouldn't help break the law for them to do what they did. It's crazy how people can absolutely justify whatever they want through testimony. Yeah. I mean, the Lord told me to kill this person. Yep. So you can't be mad. (laughs) Yeah. I get a pass. Okay. Last one. Crazy guy in my tiny branch in Missouri got up every month and spouted off weird stuff, but nothing harmful. Then one month when I was around 14, he got up and ranted about how he couldn't go to the temple six months ago, but he can go now, and how he is sure he couldn't have a temple recommend because he watched R-rated movies, and President so-and-so thinks I masturbate, but I don't. Oh, my God. (laughs) Cue gasps of horror from most of the adults, confusion from the little kids, and the teenagers trying to keep from bursting out laughing. Needless to say, he was asked to sit down. God. So, And also, I feel like people that do that just, like, get off on talking about it. I know. Like, they're going to think about that the next time they do masturbate. Ew. I'm sorry. Gross. It's real. Okay, to end... (laughs) I'm going to read a quote from Lyndon Lamborn, who gave the keynote address in um, 2008 at the Ex-Mormon Foundation Conference. The Ex-Mormon? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's what it says. So he said, bearing testimony is declarationism, and declarationism is the last bastion of the unreasonable fanatic. Damn. Yep. Unreasonable fanatic, band name. True. You're right. <laughs> Anyway, so there you have it, folks. Yeah. 
Welcome. I mean, <clears throat> thank you for joining us at our Sapphic Mint meeting. Oh. It was a good joke, huh? <laughs> that was cute. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Like, I feel like I, I truly had at least three existential crises during uh, during that episode. Just thinking about, like, really, truly what it is at its core. It's, yeah. It's, it's weird. It's super fucking weird. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, and there's like even more that we could have talked about, you know. I, oh, of course. And there's I mean so much shit. I want to talk about like fasting and all that too mm-hmm. and just like sacrament meeting and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure we'll get into Yeah, I'm sure we will. But. More detail, but Well, thanks so much for doing um the lesson this week, Maddie. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um but in all seriousness, um the sources that Maddie used today will be in the description below um follow us on instagram at fhg podcast and uh that's it that's it uh you know stay fruity name of jesus christ amen <laughs> it's funny fine wait hold on no, wait no hold on hold on hold on do like a dirty joke with amen slay men <laughs> that's good yeah in the name of jesus christ slay, slay men, men. I'm obsessed with that. That was really good. Oh my God. Anyway, bye. Bye.